Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Banking Matters. For those of you just tuning in for the first time today, I'm your host, Daniel Baker. We have a special guest joining us today, Amanda Hinesley, the CFO of First Texas National Bank in Floyd Ada, Texas. As a lifelong resident of Floyd Ada, Amanda graduated high school in 2000. She graduated from West Texas A&M University, magna cum laude, in 2003, receiving a Bachelor of Business Administration for Management, and started working for First Texas National Bank in 2007 as Compliance Officer, and then was named CFO in 2009. She attended the Southwest Graduate School of Banking at SMU for Operations and was elected to the bank's Board of Directors in 2020. Amanda is also currently the BSA Officer and IT Manager and Certified Bank Security Manager. Some of her community involvement includes being a Hospital Director District Board of Member, a City of Floyd Ada Planning and Zoning Board Member, Secretary of Floyd County Agricultural Committee, and former President of the Chamber of Commerce, Floyd Ada Whirlwind Booster Club Member, and a full-time mom of two boys. We're really excited to have you join us today, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, Amanda, the first thing we like to do to, to really kind of start the conversation is, is kind of get to know you a little bit better. And so I always start by asking the question, Amanda, how did you get into the to the financial sector? How did you get into banking? Well, it wasn't planned. Um, I actually started off in insurance uh, for uh, the Farm Bureau here in Florida and um, ended up having my first kid and took a year off and the um, president of the uh, bank at the time uh, came to me and said, Hey, we've got a job opening. Do you think you would want to come and apply for it? We think you would be really good. And so I came and applied and started in compliance and did not have one clue about banking or (laughs) anything when I started and found out it's a whole other world uh, in itself. It's not just take your money to the bank and drop it off and it gets in your account. So it's definitely been a learning experience, uh, almost kind of a baptism by fire because um, started off as compliance officer and our cashier at the time um, ended up getting cancer. And so um, I took over the, as that uh, position of compliance officer and um, cashier uh, while she uh, was doing treatments and then ultimately she had, um, she passed. And so, um, just kind of threw in and had to learn it all. So <laughs> I feel like I know all parts of everything that, that go on with banking seems like. A good learning curve there. And with two little yes. boys, so I, I actually have four boys myself. And I mean, I'm sure that that added to the chaos of it all. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, today we, we really wanted to discuss, uh, a recent experience that, that you had at your bank around NACHA audits. It's my understanding that about a year or so ago, you had an audit that came back as needs improvement. But then over the course of the past 12 months or so, you were actually able to turn that around to the point where your most recent audit had almost no findings on it. Yes. Is, that, is that correct? That is correct. So I'm going to dig into this a little bit more during our conversation, hopefully. But but give me a brief overview of of what really was your role and turning it around from needs improvement to to, to no findings as, as a CFO. What, what did you do as part of that? So I handle a lot of the daily operations around here, have pretty much my hand in everything. We're a small community bank, one location. Um, 
12 employees. So really, I am involved a lot in the day-to-day of, of everything that kind of goes on. So um, we had an internal auditor that had been doing our internal audits. And so when she left, um, we hired Compliance uh, Alliance to do our virtual compliance officer, and she recommended uh, Review Alliance for our BSA and ACH audit. Mm-hmm. And so we had really never had an outside touch on our whole ACH as as a whole. And when she uh, recommended them, we hired them in, brought them in, and they just brought to our attention like things that we knew that we were doing. um, And as a community bank, as a small, uh, uh, all of our small community banks will know, we know our customers, we know what they're Mm -hmm. doing, but people who are looking in don't. And so it really was just bringing to our foresight. We need to make sure that we're documenting everything so that if somebody comes in, they look at our stuff, they can tell what we're doing as well as we can tell what we're doing. So let's dig into this a bit. So talk to me about day one. You're, you're handed this, this audit report. Obviously like the first one's going to go through your mind is like, dang it. Like there's a lot of stuff on it. Yeah. You're handed this audit report. Like what, what are you doing? It's, it's, it's fresh in your hands. What, what, what's happening? So I was like, wow, um, I didn't really see things that way. Mm-hmm. It really like kind of opening my eyes. Like it's, it, we need better documentation. We need to really make sure that, yeah, we know our customers. We know these people that we're talking to, but we don't have a lot of it documented. We don't have like the proper, chain of like if you look at it what what did this person do or mm-hmm. what, what was the next person what were they doing so it really was like okay we need to create steps so that everybody can know exactly who touched this and what they did so did you develop any kind of committee or obviously being being smaller bank there's there's only was it 12 of you you said amanda yes yeah, so we have 12 employees um, so really what it, what, what we did is I, myself, um, our virtual compliance officer, um, Jill Newell and our, um, audit, um, I would say our compliance department, Tyler mm-hmm. Hammonds, and then our ACH, um, uh, originator, uh, Sarah Segura, we all sat down and we're like, Hey, what can we do to create a form step-by-step? that everybody can follow and that these people can review and know exactly what we did. So these group of people sat down and we all decided, you know, this is how we want to do this. And I feel like really Jill brought in a lot. Like I said, our virtual compliance officer brought in a lot like, Hey, these are forms that we have on compliance alliance that you guys can use and you can implement and make it work for what you do. Okay, so really, you, you look you look kind of like creating a uniform structure, uniform kind of procedures and everything in place. So when you when you said that there were a chunk of findings on on your audit, what kind of findings were were on there? Like what what kind of findings are we talking about? So it it was really like basic stuff, like for our ACH originations. We um, like I said, we know our customers. Um, they called us and said, "Hey, we're sending in so and so from the." Um, processing office and we're going to add them to to the ACH origination okay Mm -hmm. didn't do a new form just had the person 
sign the paperwork. And so when they did the review, they say, okay, well, we, we see this person on here, but then you've got other people that were on here and they're not on the paperwork. So it's like, oh yeah, we, we probably should have done new paperwork. So we went through and created all new agreements had them all signed again, had them have each customer go through and verify the limits, the people that are supposed to be signing, the way that they were going to be sending it to us, and really just outline that ACH agreement to make for sure that we all knew what everybody was wanting. And then we included um, our ACH. So the, the file comes in to me and um, I was you know, sending that on to our Sarah Segura, our um, mm -hmm. ACH originator. And well, she wasn't in on the loop on who the people were that were supposed to be signing it or who, what were their limits. And so really just creating a, a list of chain of command of like, okay, I, I've looked at this. Now you're looking at it and this is what should be on here was really the big part of that because she, she didn't know who was supposed to be on the ACH mm -hmm. and she didn't know what their limits were. So including everybody full circle on what should have been being done has that, that helped because now everybody's all on the same page as to what, what the agreement says. So how do you, how do you do that? So do you just like have like weekly meetings, an email chain that goes out. Like how, how do you include everybody full circle on, on who, what, where, when? Right. So what, so what we are, what we're doing now is um, Sarah and I are really the main people that have our hand in it on those origin, those originations. And so what I do is I get the file in and I'm calling the people on the list okay. and I'm saying, Hey, did you send this file to us? And then I check off, on their transmittal sheet that they sent that I called them. There's a spot. We added this transmittal sheet to send to our customer mm -hmm. that says the number of files in the batch, the amount of the file and have them sign it. And then there's a spot for callback confirmation. And I was calling them. And then when I took it and handed it to Sarah to send through the fed, then she's looking at, okay, Amanda did call these people check. And now it's my turn to look at the file to see if it matches the transmittal sheet. Does it match the totals that are on their ACH agreement and do the people's names that are on here match? So all three of those check, she checks it, sends it off. So then the next part of that is on a kind of a three month rotation basis, Jill and Tyler come in and look at all the ACH sent out for the, that time frame and they're checking off. Did this person check to see if this was, Oh, look, this one, this amount was more than what was on the agreement. What are they doing? Oh, I see that they sent a letter to the customer and the customer responded back. We had extra employees that we added that we had to pay for, for this month. Okay. That's okay. And then we created an ACH um, exception log so that we know that there were exceptions that we noted it. And then Tyler and Jill came back and said, Oh yeah, we see that they put this on the exception log. Okay. We, we agree with this. So just the full circle that comes to me first goes to Sarah, she's looking at it. And then it comes back to the audit department that they are 
looking at it too. So three sets of eyes on everything. So yeah, absolutely redundancy there. I think that that's fantastic. So that, that actually kind of brings me back a little bit. You mentioned calling someone and getting them to come in when you were first refreshing everything. Like obviously when, when, when an issue turns up, the first thing you got to do is, is fix the issue. And the first thing you got to do is, is get everybody that you currently have sign the proper paperwork, get the proper information, whatever the situation may be. I mean, it's not unique to this specific situation. Right. How did you get them in? I mean, as having <laughs> so, worked in the branch before, like that, that's always been the biggest struggle for me. Like, how do you get these people in the door? How did you get them in yeah. the door yourself? So really what we did was I called everybody initially and said, Hey, we just had an audit and we want to make for sure we're covering our bases, but we're also covering you because all of these companies that we do these originations for, they get audited too. And so I just said, Hey, it's beneficial for us to make sure that our paperwork's good and your paperwork is good. Mm -hmm. So I created, I said, I'm going to work on all of this. I'm going to get these forms ready. And I went to them. I went to the customers and I said, I'm coming. Let's set up an appointment. Let's meet on this day. And I'm going to come to you and we're going to get this set up. Some of them couldn't make it work that I could come to them. But the main people that were in charge of it came to me and then they sent those other people at a, at, a, at a later time to come and sign those documents. And it was really just having to stay on top of people like, Hey, I didn't get your form. We didn't get in here. Like, let's get this done. I'm not sending anything for you until you get it done. Like really just put your foot down and make them do it. Draw the hard, draw the hard line and say, don't cross this point or else. <laughs> yes. Well, that's perfect. I think as a small bank, you really have that that ability to to kind of connect and develop that relationship with your your customers. Where it's like, look, I'll come to you. Like, I'll bring you the the docs. I'll, I'll be able to do that. That's that's fantastic. Really leveraging the the relationship there. So, it's a few months in. Like you you've gone through it. How how long would it take you? How long would you say it took you to kind of resolve these issues? Were these issues like resolved in like one or two months, and then you just transition into maintaining? Like, were you still working on these issues three, four, five months in? What What's the time schedule like on resolving this? So I, I made a, a time frame for me to get all of the new agreements and everything within the month. Like, I wanted those because we're doing those weekly for some people. And mm -hmm. so the people that we were doing those weekly on, I was like, they have to be done within the week. Like, we have to have these new agreements done within the week. The people that were monthly, I wanted to make for sure we had it done by the end of the month for those HCH agreements. And then um, it, it was just a, a process of like having to make for sure that we're doing this. Like you can't just skip, you can't just skip over. Oh yeah. I called these people like, no, you actually, you got to put the work in and you have, you have to do it. So we still have those people that send in those exceptions and we we're calling them. So I'm the first line. And then if, if once Sarah gets to the file and the file is not correct, she's calling them. So it, it could be multiple people calling them in a day saying like, Hey, you, you got to do this. And I mean, we, we still have, I, I'm actually working in the process right now of doing our um, ACH uh, origination reviews and I send out a letter to them and say, hey, these are what your limits are. These are the people that are on it. These are the uh, the accounts that they're coming from. Is all of this information correct? 
If it's not, please contact Amanda and let's get this updated. So that is an annual process. Um, some of these people we may, um, because with the, the electricity and so we have a very large mm -hmm. electric co-op that we have here and we do ACH files for them and their, their drafts went out the roof because of the cost of electricity. So these are things that we were, we're we just may have to reevaluate based on the environment of, of cost of everything going up. Yeah. So as I'm assuming the, the bank is looking at potentially expanding in the future and, and kind of growing and developing your customer base and, and, and hopefully your, your staff base, what, uh, what's the, the future of the ACH policies and procedures? I mean, if changes need to occur to it, if something needs to be, be updated, how do you handle updating your policies and procedures? How do you handle the, the changes in the market, the, the changes in, in staffing? Like what, what's, what's your, your center around that? So as of right now, we are doing um, policy review annually, um, but I, I can't say praise enough for Review Alliance and Compliance Alliance and that the fact that they really have, Jill, our virtual compliance officer, is on top of things. Like She's like, hey, we're seeing this. You guys really need to look at this. We have an IT slash compliance committee meeting, uh, committee that meets monthly. And okay. we talk about these things and say, hey, you know, like we're seeing this and our virtual compliance officer sits in and she's like, we're seeing this. And the group says, OK, we probably need to update this. And so we have right now a group. I think there's seven of us on this committee that meets monthly. And if something needs to be updated, we will update it and then present it to the to that that group the next month. And it'll go to the board the same the, the next month as well. So give me an idea of who all, not necessarily the specific people, but like the roles of who all is on this committee. Like who's, who's involved with this process? So we've got myself, we've got uh, um, the compliance department. We've got our virtual compliance officer. We have our senior lender slash um, CEO. Um, we have uh, two board members that are outside of the bank that sit on this committee and uh, we also have our CRA officer in, that is on this committee. And then myself, which I handle all operations in IT as well. So we, we've got, a, I think, a really good mix of the bank, of, of who, who, who are involved in all parts of the bank that are on this committee. And, you know, we discuss, uh, we discuss IT, we discuss ACH, we discuss compliance, we discuss loans. All of that gets discussed at this meeting that we just make sure we cover everything that pertains to each part of those uh, areas of the bank. So you, you mentioned something a couple times, and I'm, I'm curious to see how your bank specifically handles this. And this is the concept that you have you have a VCO, so the virtual compliance officer, and, and you work with Jill specifically. So I know that is through the, the, the Bankers Alliance and, and everything. But you have a compliance department as well with within your bank. Um, so regardless of whether the fact that you were you were with Bankers Alliance or not, or you went with a different company, how how does your compliance department work with a remote external compliance officer? So what are we have? Um, um, Tyler Hammonds, she's our um, 
uh, vice president of the compliance department. And she speaks with our VCO weekly, every week. Um, they go over topics and things that are happening here with us, um, exceptions that um, uh, Jill has seen. And then uh, Tyler, on a daily basis, is reviewing um, different parts of compliance for the bank, um, whether it's um, deposit, loans, ACH, um, IT, pretty much any of those compliance things she is doing on a, a daily basis. And then on the weekly, she and Jill are going over things that Jill's seen or some things that Tyler has seen or even questions like that, that I have brought up, you know, like, hey, what do we need to do for this? Or the mm -hmm. lenders, they, they, they think this is happening. What do we need to do with this? So it's really a, a good mix of us having questions and then talking with her and then her bringing her questions to us and, and working out through that on a weekly basis. That's great. So I, I always like asking this one whenever we get somebody that, that's kind of going through a process like this. What what have you learned in this process? Is there something that's like, yeah, this is really like stuck in my mind. Like I've praised the value of X, Y, and Z. Like what, what have you learned during this process of, of going from audit needs improvement to, to your current stage? Well, I'll tell you this about myself. I'm very competitive <laughs> I, I, and I like to be the best. And if somebody can give me a recommendation that, you know, is just not outrageous. And the recommendations that they were giving were things that we could do. We just needed to format it for us. And it, and it wasn't hard. And like I said, I'm very competitive and I wanted, I wanted that better review. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that, I think that's the same thing. Like when the OCC comes in here, like I want them to tell us that we're doing good. I want to have that good rating. I want all of the boxes to be checked that, yes, we are doing all of the things that we physically can and monetarily can in, with what we've got to work with. I think that's great. I mean, having the degree of, of appropriate competition is phenomenal. Like you got to have that, that drive and that gumption to be able to just get the job done. So the, the final question I'm really going to ask you, Amanda, because we are running a little short on time is advice if you could give one piece of advice to someone it doesn't even have to be about nacha if you could give one piece of advice to someone in a bank that that gets handed the the crappy audit that gets handed the the thing that they weren't expected gets blindsided by a problem or the regulators change something all of a sudden they drop a big pile of of stuff you got to work through now on, on your desk what do you do like what, what what's your advice to that person my biggest advice is an, is don't be afraid to ask for help like there, there are lots of things out there. There's lots of other people out there. Like I have my group of people from Sweetsby that I, we have a whole Facebook group and we message each other. Hey, like, what about this? What about this? Or this happened to us or even like other bankers or, you know, people outside the banking community too. Like, Hey, what would you do for this? It's, it's not, I mean, we're so stuck on like, Oh, I had to do it all. No, you don't have to do it all and you can't do it all. So it's okay to ask for help. That's my biggest advice. Ask for I, help. I love that. that. That is great advice. 
Well, Amanda, we, I really appreciate you joining us on, on today's show. Um, it's been really nice kind of get to talk to you about like your, your experience going through the audit and really being able to pick your brain. So thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed every minute of it. For, uh, for the rest of our audience listening in, we, we appreciate you tuning in to today's show, and that's Banking Matters.